Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 193. I love this week's message. It's all about taking your power back and understanding your perspective and that you do have a choice. Let's dive right in. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've brought on Jason Kendrick. Jason, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Uh, I live in Golden, Colorado, and I am a communication perspective coach. So I really, I mean, I fall in the life coach category, but I really focus on the power perspective and communication as kind of where the rubber meets the road for relationships and for, you know, business and everything else. I feel like that, you know, communication is the key to all of our relationships. And so that's why I focus on that. How did you get into that? Uh, basically, I needed it. Um, I grew up in a military family that uh, communication wasn't quite as high on the priority list. It was basically do as I say, not as I do and all that sort of thing. And so as I got older and got into my own relationships, I really realized how important communication was and started studying it because I wanted to be better at it because I was not for a long time. That's what I love about this space. I've learned, especially through my own experiences in coaching, that whatever we need the most is what we will, you know, it's that whole when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And then once we absorb and, and understand, we can pass it on. Right. Yeah. It's like if you follow Course in Miracles at all, you know, you teach the best what you most need to understand. And I find that being a student teacher, as we all really kind of are, you get to a certain point where in your learning, if you don't start sharing what you're learning, then you get kind of stagnant. You learn so so much better and quicker by sharing your knowledge and teaching. And so that's uh, why I've decided to share what I've been learning. I, I had to write that down. I love what you just said is that you teach best what you need to understand. Yeah. And yeah. that, yeah, I, I guess for me, I've really stepped into, you have to walk the talk. So anything I preach about any of my podcast episodes, it's all about something I'm going through and if I'm always preaching, get out of your comfort zone, let fear fuel you, not rule you, you better believe I'm doing it too. Right. Well, and it, it kind of makes sense if you follow, if you think about, you know, those who can't do, those who can't teach, in a way, those of us that teach is because these are the things we need to know for ourselves. These are things that, and we're interested in because we want to know them. And so it, it makes sense that we would share that because if you can just do it, you just do it. There's no thought into it. There's no research. It's just something you do. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of the divine harmony, just how we're set up to, to be teachers or to be doers or whatnot, you know, because yeah. that interest or that need will create the drive to learn and then to share. Well, and something you've shared with me is the whole premise of taking your power back. What does that even mean? Well, in my first two books, I, I wrote about the power perspective and really it was about looking at your life through a, a point of perspective of choice versus victimhood. I know a lot of us, especially in the West, we 
are just kind of indoctrinated in this victim mindset that, well, it's, it's not my fault. It's my parents' fault or it's, it's my upbringing's fault. It's my socioeconomic background. But I, whether we want to believe it or not at the time, depending on your, your, your situation, just entertaining the idea of what if I chose this? What if, what if I chose to have these parents and this, this upbringing? What if I chose to, to have this experience? What did I learn from that? And, and how can I take what I've learned to help others or, or to use that as a strength? Because I don't, I, I, at, at 44 now, I don't think there's anything that really is happenstance or, or, or coincidence. Everything seems to be of, of some sort of purpose. And looking at my life through a point of choice, well, if I chose to, be, to grow up in this military family where communication was not highlighted and where my needs and wants or may not, may not have been a priority, if I hadn't grown up that way or had the father I did or the experiences I did, I wouldn't be so driven to want to learn about this and share this. And so that has become my strength. So our, our challenges tend to become our strengths. However, they won't become a strength if we still think we're victim to those challenges. If we don't shift the mindset from I'm a victim of this to maybe I chose this and why, why did I choose this? And for what, what's the greater purpose? So a line I heard from Tony Robbins first, and I don't know if it comes from him, but Tony uses it all the time, that life is happening for you, not to you. And so since you touched on this whole victim mentality and realizing, what if I chose this, that's going to be really foreign to some people. So somebody who's like, I didn't choose that circumstance. I didn't choose that experience. Well, if they did, then how do you how do you help them see a different light to it? Well, it's usually just a first, just introducing the idea, because I know my mother uses the same technique um, in, in the prison systems. So she's a psychiatric nurse, and it's okay. These guys have done these bad things, and now they're locked up for years or life. A changed perspective is really all all they have, you know, and that's our greatest power. Is our perspective is is really our greatest strength. Um, you can turn any, any negative into a positive because um, really there's what, what in uh, Sai we call the, the, the realm of now, the realm of meaning. There, there's the event that happens. There's this thing that happens. And then there's our story about it. Mm-hmm. And the story usually has nothing to do with the event. And like Course Miracle says, we nothing means anything until we decide it does. We decide what everything means for us. And so I just find it more empowering for myself personally to look at my life through a point of choice. If I chose to have these experiences and I had this and, and I learned these things through these experiences, then I'm more empowered through, through thinking that I chose this at some level versus, well, I'm just a victim to this. I didn't choose the experience. I didn't choose to have these experiences. Oh, what was me? Because if you're a victim to X, Y, and Z, then you don't have any power to change it. You're just, oh, I'm a victim. I'm, I, I'm not accountable to this. If you at least entertain the idea, whether you want to believe it or not. And for most of us, we don't want to believe it initially. It's just the entertaining of the idea. Well, maybe I did choose to have these traumatic experiences or this abuse or, or these, uh, this addiction in my life. What can I do with that experience? And it's the, the, the outpicturing and the sharing of that with other people that really the power and the choice comes back. Okay. Again, I wrote that down because I love what you said. It's an, an event happens And then it's the story we create. And I think that is so powerful. And I actually, I read this or I heard it somewhere that failure is an event. You are not a failure. And I think that's where people get confused. They're like, oh, I failed. I'm a failure. 
No, you're not. And I actually, I'm trying to, I haven't figured it out yet, but I want a replacement word for failure since it has so much stigma and negativity. You need to fail to grow. And so I haven't figured out a replacement, but on that topic, I want to ask you something because this was a very sensitive subject. I actually lost a friendship over it. So a friend of mine, I truly believe, and these are my beliefs, I truly believe from everything I study, whether it's A Course in Miracles or um, The Power of Your Mind and Psychology, that we create our reality and that any dis-ease that we experience, cancer is a big one, that we literally created it by our thoughts and enough stress in the body is going to come out in some form. And so a friend of mine got cancer, went through all the chemo. Uh, she's healed down and, you know, it's been a couple of years since, but I, I kind of, I thought she was past it all. And I brought up to her, what if you created the cancer? And she was so like, what the fuck do you mean? I created this, that, that, that no, this happened to me. It was so real. Yeah. How, what do you say to that? Well, there's, you know, we live in a paradox as human beings. You know, we are these infinite spiritual beings in this finite physical body. So there is no this or that. It's really a this and that. So in some cases, depending on our physiology and whatnot, there can be some victimhood to it. I know uh, the last talk I gave, it was a group talk where there was another lady talking about a lot of the carcinogens in the atmosphere and the air in our homes and candles and all these different things, which was kind of a bummer because like, well, I love my candles and you know, I didn't realize the air in my home is more polluted than the air outside and all these different things. But what I realized in, in kind of going over that in my mind was that some people are more sensitive. Some of their physical makeup may be more sensitive to certain things, people with allergies and stuff like that. So it's really not, not a this or that. So maybe at some level she did choose or there was some trauma that, that caused that imbalance in her body. But then she could also be susceptible to carcinogens and to environment and things like that. And so, it's, and it's it's really difficult a lot of times if you go through something like that that you do feel victim to to even until you're ready to to, to change or even uh, entertain the idea of choice. And you know we're all on our own journey. We're all in our own stage. We're all on our own path. And so for some people, just having that experience and even being in the victim mindset is part of their journey and what they chose to learn and what they need to learn. And so it's sometimes it's just understanding where they're at because there are people you can broach that topic with and it's okay. And other times, like in your experience, you just ask the question and it turns into a firestorm and you may lose friendships over it. And that's just, they're not there yet. Right. And so it's being, being aware of their stage of development, you know, for lack of a better term, just, there are people you can have those conversations with and others you can't. I just think it's, it's so fascinating to me. And there's many documentaries. I personally know somebody else who, because you said power of perspective and, and changing your thoughts that I know a gentleman who he again was diagnosed with a cancer in bed, going through chemo. It was miserable. And he, he had a very young daughter, I think a couple months old and something snapped in him that realized I'm, I have a purpose. I'm here for her. And he literally left chemo and healed everything naturally. He says, these are his words, by the power of his mind. And so, yes, I understand there will be skeptical people about that, but I just want to 
bring to light that there are real examples out there. And so whether you believe it or not, your choice, yeah. but it does happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is one of my, my favorites. I go see him once a year if I can uh, when he's in Sedona and just his work because he's one of those that is really getting the evidence. I mean, he was a chiropractor as by trade and broke his back in a uh, bicycling accident and then spent that all that uh, six months or whatever it was in, in bed using his mind. And because of his chiropractic knowledge, because of his knowledge of physiology and the spine and everything, he sat there with using the power of his mind and, and rebuilt his spine bone by bone, you know, cartilage, cartilage, everything until he could do that without missing a beat and, and doing it. He just, the repetition in his mind and actually healed himself. And now you wouldn't, you see him dancing and jumping around. You would never, ever believe this man ever broke his back. And the evidence he's getting through brain scans and, and, um, EKGs and different things that they're using to, to show the evidence because people are they're healing themselves of sickness and disease and cancers and ailments and things and it is through the power of their mind but it's also a belief system and that's really the the keys if you know believing is seeing and I know I had this conversation with my dad before he passed he's like well I thought it was seeing it's believing and really no if you don't believe it you can't see it and that's kind of like with your friend if she's not on that in a space to entertain the idea or to believe that idea, then it's not going to, it's, it's going to be too threatening to her world makeup, her perspective, her worldview. And we run into that with a lot of folks. If they're not there yet and you, you know, challenge their religious beliefs or their political beliefs in this day and age, and they may defriend you because they're not open to another perspective because they're too identified with that mindset and that belief system. And so it's just a matter of being careful who you offer these different points of view to really. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're saying there, and I, I mean, you can go back to literally, it just came to mind, but the Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen, with the whole Santa thing, you have to believe it in order to see it. And I believe that also comes down to manifesting, right? The power of visual visualization and feeling it and, and being so descriptive. You, you literally feel it, that it already happened. And then it does, you don't see it. And then you believe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you go into the religious text, you know, the, if you have the faith of mustard seed, you can move mountains. And that's the, the believing. You know, everything is, is energy first before it becomes physical. Everything, the computer, the desk, the, the houses, everything is, is energy. It's a thought before it becomes physical. And it's in, in the believing of the possibility that you can transform that into physical. And so it's just taking the time. And, and honestly, I mean, what are beliefs but thoughts you keep thinking? And from the majority of us, most of our beliefs are beliefs that we adopted or were given as children. They're not even ours. They're our parents or our society or the churches or you know, whatever influenced us as children. And so it's really the premise of power perspective is to look at your life from the point of choice because without taking a choice perspective, there's no, you don't really feel any possibility of change. If you're just a victim, then you're just a victim. You don't have any power to change it. If you chose to have these experiences, even if you don't want to believe it yet, even if you, if you just entertain the idea that I chose this, I chose these parents, I chose these experiences, then you have the power to change it. And that's really the, the, the kind of core belief or the, the core synopsis of power perspective is I want to take my power back. And there is power in choice. 
question for you. What this sounds like to me is obviously you've done a lot of work, but was it reprogramming your belief system? Was it understanding those stories and uprooting them? What kind of process did you go through to take your power back? Really, it was understanding or even entertaining the idea of choice and then saying, well, if I did choose this, what did I learn from from these experiences and what can I take and, and give to somebody else? And for me, it was a it's repetition. It took me this many years, 30 years of thinking this thought to make that a belief system. And so now I need to, you know, be repetitive and reprogramming and changing and having support systems, having a mastermind group, having others that leave the same things to, to influence you because we are a product of our environments and our own thoughts. And so it's just being purposeful about my thoughts and, and doing things like putting in audiobooks and, and, just having something of positive impact constantly. You know, I have done some hypnotherapy meditations with people that I listen to those just about every day, just so I'm reprogramming because really it's, it's, that's why I love Joe Dispenza because he's you know, a neuroscientist. He talks about, you know, um, neuroplasticity and how our brains change and our beliefs are just those hardwired neurons. They're, we've thought that so much, we've thought that thought so much that now we've created these hardwired wired neurons. And so it's just a matter of repetition of the new thought to replace because once you stop thinking those negative thoughts or the victim mindset thoughts, those neurons start to unwire and untangle themselves and then you begin to rewire new neurons, new thought processes. And so, I mean, you can get as scientific or as woo-woo as you want, but either way, it's you're basically saying the same thing. It's changing the belief system, changing perspective to what you want it to be versus what you think you're a victim of. Question for you. If somebody is new to this or they've kind of heard it before and now they're curious and, and that self-awareness that, wow, I, I'd like to change some of my experiences, do you have some sort of process or a method like where you even begin? Well, I think really like anything, first is the awareness. And accepting that maybe this is a possibility and then research. I mean, you can get my books. Um, it's not your life, but you, the lamest gathered power perspective. You can get Joe Spenza's books. Uh, you are the placebo. I mean, there's, there's so much information out there. First take stock of, do I, do I want to keep the beliefs I have? Do these beliefs serve me? If they don't, then I want to change them. So first, you know, the acknowledgement is kind of like the 12 step thing. I acknowledge that, you know, I'm addicted to these negative beliefs. I would like to change them and then taking steps to do so. And for each person, it's going to be different. And that's really the harsh part. There is no one-size-fits-all method. Repetition is going to be the one thing I think that is going to be this, you know, ubiquitous for everybody because it is the repetition of the new thoughts that's going to rewire your brain, rewire those neurons to, to think those new thoughts and, and then unwire the old thoughts. But acknowledgement and then just taking the steps. I, I know in my experience, it was really almost this divinely guided, this thing I decided I wanted to change my thoughts. So then I was introduced to law of attraction and Abraham and the power perspective. And, and then I was introduced to Joe Dispenza. Then I was introduced to, to size seminars and then landmark and do, do, do all these different things that just kind of naturally unfolded. And if I look back on my life now, it all seems to, it all fits together pretty nicely. makes sense. At the time, it, none of it made any sense. I was just felt like I was kind of fumbling around in the dark. But it's just making the decision you want to change and then following the path really is like the, the first and only step because it, it's going to be unique to each person. 
but that you have to decide you want to change. So I think it's as simple as sitting back and going, okay, I'm ready for change. And all you have to do is ask for help or ask for guidance. So letting go of the how and it all, the resources you need, the, the people you need to meet, the books, whatever it may be, a podcast, maybe somebody will send you, it'll all, it comes to you. Yeah, it's really about deciding. And that's, I mean, that's choice. It's decision. You, whether you, we believe it or not, everything in life is about choice. We decide how we want this, what, what we want this to mean to us, how we want to see these events, and then what we want to do with it. And so just being purposeful about your choices. If there was one key thing, or maybe a couple, that you believe society or humanity as a whole, the negative habits or patterns we need to let go of, what are they? Uh, number one is uh, isolation. Um, we have really been conditioned into thinking that we're separate from others. And really, when you get into relationship, realize we're all the same. We all want the same things. We all are struggling with the same things. They may outpicture differently or may have a different flavor, but we're not alone. And that's why I love power perspective work, because when you decide that you chose these things, and you take your power back and you share that with somebody else, those people that you're sharing with will realize from your experience that they're not alone. So don't think you're alone. Don't be afraid to share your experience. Find a support group. Find someone you can talk to with because we all need to be able to vent. We all need to be able to hear ourselves talk. And, and I think that's really key is verbalizing what you're going through, verbalizing what you're thinking. Once you hear it, your your rational mind would go, oh, you almost hear that from a different perspective. Inside your mind, you feel like you're a victim to the spinning wheel of thought. When you actually speak it out, then you hear it from a more rational point of view. You go, oh, I don't know if I really believe that. Or, you know, it's like that other part of you hears it. So um, number one, realize you're not alone and then find people to talk to about whatever it is you're going through. Yeah. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from today's conversation? You have a choice. You really do. Everything in your life is choice. You decide what everything means for you. And so you can choose to be a victim to it. You can choose to see things negatively, or you can choose to be positive. I mean, events are just events. That's why anytime you go to an accident or a crime scene or, or something, you will get, if there's 100 people there, you'll get 100 different stories, 100 different perspectives. So be conscious about your, your choices. Be conscious about your perspective. Decide that you want it to be, you want it to mean this, you want it to be positive. You know, if you're a victim to it, then you have no power. So take your power back and consciously decide what you want your life to mean, what you want these events to mean in your life. Yes. I love that message. Okay. So to wrap up this interview, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? That I teach best what I most need to understand. I really believe that everything I'm going through is leading me to my purpose. And so even though I don't understand why I'm going through it at the time, if I know that I'm going to teach this or it's leading me somewhere, then it makes it a little easier. Awesome. Second question. What is a book you are currently reading or highly recommend? Um, oh, there's so many I love. Right now I'm actually reading uh, John Gray's Beyond Mars and Venus because the work I do with communication and nice guy syndrome, superwoman syndrome, he's one of my go-tos, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus and then beyond Mars and Venus are his versions of, of those. And I love it because right now 
there's so much going on in our shifting of our relationships and our relating as men and women. So all the information I can get is great. So that's one of the books I'm, I'm digging into right now. I haven't heard about him, gosh, since like forever. I remember growing up and my mom had that book on the bookshelf. So gosh, that was like the 90s. It's, it's I mean, communication is, is, is a key to all of our relationships. And it's from Tony Robbins, you know, the quality of your communication equals the quality of your relationship, which equals the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. And so communication is key and any information you can get, especially if you're a man wanting to be with a woman or want, woman wanting to be with man, understanding how you communicate is, is huge. And then you add in things like nice guy syndrome, superwoman syndrome, and then the, the shifting of our masculine and feminine dynamics. There, there's so much to be looking at. So if we don't have some kind of foundation, yeah. You know, so it's, 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 there's so much information and so much that we're always learning. Agreed. Okay. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, probably just trust the process because I'm, I always think I should be further along than I am, or I should be better than I am, or I should be perfect by now. But had I not gone through all the little things along the way, I would not have learned all the things that I needed to and would not be continuing to learn. So trust the process and have as much patience as, as you can with the process. I love that. And I, gosh, Jason, I'm so trying to embrace that and accept it to trust the process and more important, trust the timing of your life and I'm sure you've seen the meme out there, but one of my girlfriends literally texted to me just a couple days ago, but she said, you know, somebody might marry at 25 and they're divorced at 27. Somebody might go to, it's this whole thing all about these timings and it's like, stop the comparison trap. Yeah, that's really the, the we, we're so indoctrinated with comparison in our, in our social media environment that yeah. we believe we should be further along. And I, in my life, I've struggled with perfectionism because of how I grew up. And so I, tend to not do things because I can't be perfect at it versus just doing what I can. And I've really had to consciously remind myself and talk myself down off the ledge and be like, there is such thing as good enough. And in each moment we're good enough and everything that's happened, it's good enough. There is no such thing as perfect. And uh, granted, if you really look at it, you're good enough could be somebody's perfect. You could be, you're good enough could be your mates. Perfect. You could be perfect for that person. You just don't know unless you give it a go. Yes, for sure. I think that's a great note to end on. Jason, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your, your story. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for inviting me and for having this platform to, for us to share on. I love getting any and all information out there that can be of any help to anybody. So thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as heather.hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.